0: Welcome to the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast with your host, Luke Sawhook.
1: And Hutchinson Brown.
0: And Hutchinson Brown. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the process of getting it added, it, okay? Well, but anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Luke Sawhook, joined as always by Hutchinson Brown, whose name will be added to the intro inevitably. I'm working on it behind the scenes, I promise. Mm-hmm. I know it's three episodes deep now but we're it'll it'll be done it'll be done we are joined by a very special guest today somebody who i have um you know interacted with on the twitter industry fantasy football space for a long time somebody i really respect in the industry and someone i've been looking to talk to for a while and it, it is dave kluge he does a lot of fantastic work over at football guys make sure to follow him at dave kluge uh dave what's up man
2: Uh, Not too much. Thanks for having me. This seems long overdue. I, You know, as long as we've both been on Twitter and in the industry kind of doing our thing, I'm surprised that this is the first time we've done a show together. Hutch, you and I, you know, we've met in person a handful of times at Expo and at the Football Guys retreats, and we've done some shows together over at Football Guys and the Launchpad and all that fun stuff. So nice to see you again, buddy. But excited to talk to you all today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. It should be a really fun show. I mean,
0: by the title, I'm sure everyone watching live or listening to the replay of this on streaming platforms, we will be talking about some players today whose ADP surprises us one way or another. We're going to go back and forth. You both should have a couple players here that we are going to, you know, toss out a number, uh, you know, give it, maybe have people guess. And then from there, we can say higher or lower and then why we believe that. So Hutch, why don't you kick us off, man? Who do you think is a little too high or a little too low right now?
1: So one player I really want to shout out, I mean, I don't understand why this player is going. It's not specifically that he's ridiculously low. It's the separation between him and his teammate. I talked about this a lot on Twitter today. I don't know if you guys saw. I threw out, I guess, a hot take that some people thought were crazy. Some people thought wasn't. I also to talk about Zach Charbet, who's going as the RB38, according to Fantasy Pro's ADP. This is like normal redraft, not best ball. Like normal ADP is going as the RB38. And I just think that's kind of ridiculous because I think there's a realistic world where he outscores Ken Walker this year, not just lines up with him, outscores him this season. That's a I hot mean, take. It is a hot take. I posted, I posted that on Twitter today and uh, and people, some people hated it, but you know, I, I think it's very realistic because when you look at the way this offense could split up, I mean, Ken Walker last year was a really solid running back. I mean, he was really solid of over a thousand yards this rookie year, very solid player. But the thing is people, people like to not like, they don't like to pay attention to is that he was very boom bust as a running back. Last year, plenty of explosive runs. But along with that, he almost led the league in stuff run rate. And along with that, uh, Pope's FFH on Twitter, Jeremy, he threw out this stat early in the offseason. Good research by him. I want to shout him out where credit is due. Uh, on runs where Ken Walker did not reach 15 yards, he averaged 2.7 yards per attempt. That was below league average in that category. So this dude was very boomer bus as a runner. And it's good for re- good for good for some reasons, bad for others. Zach Jeremy is kind of the opposite of that. Not that he's not explosive at all, but he's a very consistent, reliable, durable running back. And he's also an excellent pass catcher, especially compared to Ken Walker, who after last year we can kind of confirm that he's not a special pass catcher. There were like, you know, reports that maybe he gets some more passes than he did in college, but I don't know if that's really going to happen. So when you look at this offense, how it gets split up, Zach Jeremy is the better pass catcher. And when you're in the goal line, you want somebody more dependent. You want somebody more dependable. You want somebody that's going to reliably get like be more reliable to get yards and not get stuffed. That's Zach Charbonnet compared to Ken Walker. So I feel like this offense could split up to the point where Zach Charbonnet is getting all the valuable touches, the catches, the inside the 20 work. And Ken Walker's left as an in between the 20s early, uh, early down grinder. And that's going to be, that's going to be bad for fantasy. He's going to be left completely dependent on explosive runs and touchdowns. I think Zach Charbonnet is actually going to be a really valuable fantasy back this year. And he's going RB 38, 109 off the board overall, one quarterback leagues. Guys, I think it's way too low. I think these be
2: nearly back-to-back in ADP. Dave,
0: what are your thoughts here? I, I have, I definitely have some strong opinions of this. I, I, I would love to get into, but what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, I I tweeted this exact thing about a month ago saying that there is a realistic world where Zach Charbonnet gets the passing down work and the goal line work, leaving Kenneth Walker in a role that is good for football and not so good for fantasy football. So. Uh, Hutch I'm with you I mean I, I I really think the biggest thing for me I'm not advocating that we should be drafting Zach Charbonnet ahead of Kenneth Walker because Kenneth Walker did produce as a rookie so we've got to give him a leg up because of that but I mean really when you look at him uh, you can make the argument that Zach Charbonnet was the better prospect of the two they were both second round picks Um, you know you look at the target share in college and Zach Charbonnet pulled over three times as many targets per game or uh, I'm sorry three times the target share as Ken Walker did so uh yeah I've find myself fading Ken Walker pretty hard and drafting a lot of Zach Charbonnet this year. And then we're also looking at Pete Carroll, where you know his deployment of running backs is going to be pretty frustrating. We saw it with Rashad Penny and Chris Carson year after year after year. So for me, if I'm investing in the Seattle backfield, I would just prefer the cheaper of the two, which just happens to be Zach Charbonnet.
0: I agree. I, I, I do agree to a certain extent here. I think that Kenneth Walker is a bit of a risky pick this year in fantasy football. And I do agree that I like the value of Zach Charbonnet. The thing is, I'm just a bit less bullish on the fact that I think that Charbonnet could outscore Kenneth Walker or that, you know, Kenneth Walker is, you know, not as good as Charbonnet. I think Walker is a very talented running back, and I think Charbonnet is also a very talented running back. But ultimately, I think that I feel pretty confident that Walker will outscore him this season. But I do agree with you guys that I do believe that Zach Charbonnet is a really good value in drafts this year. Uh, Let's cook it back over to Dave here for his first Player with a shocking ADP. What do you got?
2: Yeah, for me it is uh Marquise Brown, and I've you know I've been hanging. That was one of the players. <laughs> what was that? I that
1: was one of my players. I gotta find a new one. I gotta think of a new guy. <laughs> I, I can it, talk I about somebody seconds. else if you'd want me to. No, 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 Brown's go for it. it. I got
2: plenty of players I can talk about. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Wide receiver thirty-one just seems way too low for me. um I mean, we talked about this consistently well he was in baltimore that he was just a ticking time bomb um you know all the peripheral metrics were telling us that he was a very good player that was being hampered by a very bad offense and then he got traded to this air raid system with cliff kingsbury where they're throwing the ball a ton he's got the connection with kyler murray that translated from college and everything that we said was going to happen for years finally transpired granted it was on a very small sample size but in those six games with uh hollywood brown and kyler murray both healthy and on the field together and no deandre hopkins 10.7 targets per game. He was the wide receiver five in fantasy scoring behind just Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Tyree Kill. And he was on pace for 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is out of the picture, which means that Marquise Brown is the uncontested wide receiver one there. And the best thing is we're getting him right now at a discount because of the uncertainty with Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray's injury. And I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to be back week one like he plans to, but I think he's going to be back sooner than a lot of people anticipate. I'm kind of looking at week four to five as that nine-month timetable, Hopefully, hoping that he could return. But really, if you look at the schedule, from week 10 on, they have a very soft schedule leading up to their week 14 buy. So I think Marquise Brown tries to get back before week 10 so he can kind of ease himself back in, get some reps in before the buy. I find myself driving drafting a ton of Marquise Brown because even if he does have a shaky start to the season with Clayton Toon or Colt McCoy or Tra- Trace McSorley, whoever it's going to be. He's going to be that late season hammer at the end of the season that's going to help people win. Fa- Sorry, going to help <laughs> people win fantasy leagues. So I just keep drafting a ton of Marquise Brown at wide receiver thirty-one. I absolutely love it. I, I mean, Marquise Brown.
1: I mean, he was one of my, he's one of my, my guys this year. I just cannot stop drafting him. And you per, you illustrated perfectly the early stretch before Hopkins came back in those first six weeks. I mean, this dude was on pace to be a wide receiver one in fantasy football. Who's unbelievable. And by the time, you know, week nine, week 10 rolls around, Kyler Murray should be back and relatively healthy throwing the football, which will really help Marquise Brown out. So I do agree that drafting Marquise Brown, you might be setting up for a shaky start, but that's okay. Your drafting means you're drafting him as your wide receiver three or four in most drafts. Like you're not getting him very, he's, he's not very expensive. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be a really nice guy this year. I love Hollywood Brown.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to transition over here to one of my value picks. Uh, or surprising ADP players, I guess I'm spoiling how I feel about it right now, but it's another Arizona Cardinal, and it's a running back. It's going to be James Conner for me. Currently going at running back uh, 26 off the board in underdog drafts. I think it's just an extreme value. He was a guy who was top 12 in fantasy football points per game last year production. He only played in 13 games, but I mean, listen, this Arizona team, I think, is giving overall a good discount on fantasy football assets due to the fact that people are scared of this offense without Kyler Murray, as Dave just touched on. I think Connor is in line for a pretty heavy workload this season. I think he's a sneaky good receiving back with those inexperienced quarterbacks. Well, if Clayton Tune steps up, or Cole McCoy, who's extremely experienced. The, the point is, they're not very good, and they're going to check down to the running back in James Conner. I think he's in line for a very strong year for fantasy football, and I think he's an extreme value in drafts right now at running back 26. I think he's definitely at least a top 24 running back, and I think he has true top 15 upside on a week to week basis.
1: Yeah, I honestly I love this. I mean, look at the stretch where he came back after injury after week eight. So, week nine on, he was RB, this was his PPR weekly finishes. RB-19, RB-3, RB-16, RB-4, RB-5, RB-12, RB-4, and RB-15. And he sat at week 18. Like, this dude was straight up an RB-1, and there is no competition for him this year. So as long as he's relatively healthy and still got it, there's nothing stopping him from being an RB-1 in fantasy football. So I absolutely love this pick.
2: Dave, what about you? Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I thought that I had it bookmarked and I'm unable to, but uh, Dan Henry over at Football Guys just made a really fun tool that you can play with. Uh, it's an app on a web page that, like I said, I thought I had bookmarked. I'll try to uh, share it later tonight. But what you can do is adjust the thresholds for snaps played in a game. And James Conner had a few games where he got banged up and was eliminated. Yes, yeah, that's, that's look. yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. And was if you really set the parameters to 60-plus snaps, James Conner was actually the RB6 in scoring. So if you take away the handful of games where running backs were injured, James Conner was feasting last year. And like you said, when Kyler Murray isn't on the field, that offense runs through him. So, uh, you know, I like kind of balancing. I will take James Conner and Marquise Brown because in games where uh, Kyler Murray isn't going to play. You're getting a very solid RB1 in James Conner. And then when Kyler Murray does return, you've got the upside wide receiver one in Hollywood. So, uh yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, as scary as the Cardinals offense looks this year, I'm buying the discounts.
0: Absolutely love it. Hutch, like why it. don't you kick us off for round two here, if you will, with your next value pick here. Or not value, sorry, surprising player ADP. Not
1: surprising ADP, yeah. So this is a player that I truly, like, truly when I look at their ADP, like, I'm looking at their wide receiver ADP and, and PPR scoring. This is one where I just don't understand. And I think this player is going to lower over the next couple months given that he's recently got injured. But I seriously just don't understand Kadarius Tony. I don't get it at all. I don't know if you guys are fans of Kadarius Tony, but I don't understand. On Facebook, he's ADP. I'm looking at right now. He's wide receiver 36 off the board. He's going to have Traylon Burks, a second-year breakout wide receiver this year. I know this Hopkins is in the way, but a really talented player. Jahan Dotson. He's going ahead. Jahan Dotson. Jack Smith, the first round pick who has been selected to Seattle Seahawks offense. I personally love Jack Smith, but I think he's going to dominate. He's do put up 1,600 yards in a season. Going ahead to Brandon Cooks, the potential number two receiver in Dallas Cowboys, that offense. Jordan Addison, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver who could really dominate as a rookie behind Justin Jefferson. Michael Thomas, if you still believe in him. He's, go- I mean, he's he going really to
0: be Michael Thomas.
1: I did. I did. I mean, I might take Michael Thomas over Kadarius Toney. I really might. Like, I don't believe Michael Thomas at all, but I might take, I don't believe, I'll, I don't believe in Kadarius to Toney. He's going miles ahead of Zay Flowers, who's a really interesting rookie this year. Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams, Elijah Moore, Tyler Boyd. He's going miles ahead of those guys. I could go on and on. Kadarius Tony is just going way too high. And I think this is going to lower since he got injured, as I mentioned earlier. But he's still just a player that has never, like, he had one game and then he punched someone in the face and got injected. Like that's what we're dealing with here. Like he just hasn't really had much fantasy success, and I just, I just don't believe in him at all. There's just, just no faith in Kadarius Tony. He's never been able to stay on the field. He's never been able to consistently pr- produce, and it's been like three, four years now. Just I don't understand his ADP. It's
2: way too high. Yeah, I, I'm completely against Kadarius Tony. Um, I've done. He's over- someone I will never
1: draft like did, did that. The one player that that's like, nope. I will never draft him. He's the one player at his APL. I'm just like, nope, I can't draft him. I, you, I, don't to, you
2: don't need
0: to convince me either. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I got no
2: dynasty shares for cheap, like just in case to see what could happen. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm completely out on him at cost. Um, I've done over 200 best ball drafts so far. I checked this morning. I'm at less than one percent exposure on Kadarius Tony, it. and it's crazy because yeah. like I want to buy into the Chiefs' offense, but looking at some of the guys you can get later, I would much prefer Sky Moore, Marquez Valdes-Scantling, yep. Marvin Mims. Give me all of those guys. Or, I'm sorry, I think Kadarius so is the first draft intensity Chiefs wide receiver. I believe he is. Yeah, he's yeah absolutely he is.
0: is. He's going way more. Oh, yeah. sorry, way earlier than all those other upside guys later. Like Dave said, I much prefer a guy like Sky Moore, who I found myself to be very high on this year compared to most, I think.
2: And, and yeah, the Sky other Moore's- thing is there's a huge okay. disconnect between the fantasy community and then like the actual NFL community because you watch an NFL network, they broke down the chief step chart and they had Kadarius Tony listed as a wide receiver five. If you go to NFL.com, Kadarius Tony is the wide receiver four. Everybody in fantasy is drafting this guy thinking he's going to be the wide receiver one. And there's just a massive disconnect with the fantasy community and reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just not there for him. And there's also like, you know, we, we love takes there. There's all the, all the people who are calling their shots on this Kansas city wide receiver. This guy's got to step up lot this year, but we looked at last year, right? Juju had his games and he was healthy, but otherwise this was a carousel. It was a complete carousel of wide receivers every week. Someone else would go off or no one would go off. And it just be Travis Kelsey for four touchdowns. Like he even had a game last year where he had scored four. I just watched the uh, first episode of quarterback Yep. and uh, it was excellent. Excellent series. I can't wait to watch the rest, but um. There was a game, I think it was against the Raiders in, like, week three. And Kelsey had four touchdowns in that game.
0: <laughs> it is the Raiders, yes. And, yeah, uh, it was the, it was it was the, the Raiders. Touch, the wide receiver room in Kansas City last year was a true, you know, uh, wide receiver by committee, if you will. And Travis it Kelsey really is, Travis Kelsey was the real wide receiver you wanted to own in that, in that offense. And I don't yeah. think it's going to change this year. So I definitely don't mind the Tony fade. Uh, real quick here, let's go with my next player before we pivot back over to Dave here. And this is a guy who I think is going way too high right now. I've been very vocal about this on Twitter. I get some backlash for it every once in a while, but I think it's honestly a bit baffling to me. It's DK Metcalf, wide receiver 15 at ADP. I, like I just this. think it's super like high um, for a team that just drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't really know if he's going to have the target share necessary to really go out there and produce um, on a week-to-week basis consistently in terms of you know that wide receiver uh, 15 ADP. I think he's going to have overall some big games, some big spike weeks. But I don't think I see him as a top 20 wide receiver this year. He has the talent. This offense should be pretty good. I think between him, Lockett, and Smith and Jigba, this might be a little harder to predict on a week-to-week basis than some people might expect for him to get that premium capital in fantasy football drafts this season. Dave, what are your thoughts there?
2: You know, I'm I'm pretty indifferent on DK Metcalf. He's got the profile of somebody who can step up and be a wide receiver one, but we haven't really seen it yet. There is some increased target competition there, but I'm still drafting him for the ceiling. Um, it's tough in best ball, though, when you start looking at other positions. It's not even that I really like have a staunch issue with his current ranking where he's going as wide receiver 15. I think that's about where he belongs, but when you start looking at the other players that are getting drafted around there ahead of DK Metcalf or in the same area, you're looking at Josh Allen and Mark Andrews, Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, and I I think that's what it is, is that there's a lot more positional value um, more than wide receiver. People are just going so crazy for wide receiver this year that DK Metcalf probably finishes somewhere close to his wide receiver 15 ADP, but I would just prefer the running backs and the Mark Andrews and Josh Allen and... Lamar Jackson and so many of the other guys that you can get at that area of the draft.
0: That's a great take. I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, I love that. Looking at the overall board there, opposed to just the positional value, I like that a lot. Dave, who is your next player you have in store for us? Hey,
1: can I bring um, one thing up real quick? Yeah, is that okay? Um, I, I, I found this stat really this offseason. It's a little bit of research to find how people have been devaluing the running back position. And it's really interesting what you said with uh, other positional value just being so much better, especially the running back position with Deacon Metcalf. Because over the last five years before this past off season in best ball ADP, usually there's about eight running backs going off the board in the first 12 picks. This year, there's three running backs in the first round. Three running backs in the first round. That's how devalued the running back position is. You look at the secondary, look Bichon at is round, regularly falling out of stuff. the first two. Yeah, Bijan is starting to fall out of the first now. Like it's it's sometimes it's only two. Like sometimes it's only one. Like it's ridiculous. Why does it be drafted so so high? I love that observation there. Uh, D.K. Metcalf at wide receiver 15, I think it's fine. I agree with you. I think it's okay. I don't, I, I'm personally, I'm a huge J.S.N. fan. I think another bold take. I think by the end of the year, he could be the wide receiver one in this offense for fantasy. I'm very, 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 very high on Jack predicting, but personally, in fantasy, uh, David,
0: I think that's
2: a little nutty. Fantasy, I, I, I a, little
1: nutty. fantasy a little nutty. Fantasy, I agree. Fantasy, I agree, might be tougher, but I think he could be leading that team in targets in like the second half of the season. I wouldn't Tyler, be too shocked.
2: Tyler Lockett has been a top 16 wide receiver for yeah, five years, and that. Tyler Lockett is the only years. worry about that. Yeah I mean he he's not even like showing any signs of regression like no, 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 I'm, not finishes, I'm not saying JSN finishes
1: I'm not saying JSN finishes above them like end of season rank but I'm saying like Maybe within like five, six weeks, JSN could break out and have that big breakout. Oh, regardless guy. of where you're framing it. it, it ain't happening, but buddy. Dave Sorry. doesn't like it. No, I, I I'm so. personally just super high so. on
2: JSN personally. But I think the I think the I, move I, with I, JSN, well. I think he's going to disappoint as a rookie. So then, what really? you do after this year is you go out and you buy him for cheap in dynasty. But I don't really want anything to do with JSN this year. I, I, I'm really? a little scared off by the competition. I think he's a great player, but he I'm came back and like or just better.
0: I'm totally on Team Dave here. I, I absolutely agree with everything he just said. I think that he's an incredible talent. I think long-term, he's going to be excellent in Seattle. But this year, as far as the target competition with Lockett and Metcalf, two very proven wide receivers, I think he might struggle to get a consistent target share in that volume on a week-to-week basis. But overall, I think talent-wise, he's going to flash major uh, this season. But overall, I'm not the biggest fan of Smith and Jigba this season. But again, Mm -hmm. long-term, I think Dave, uh, what he said about waiting a year for him, maybe disappointed it's a little scary, this season. Yeah. Maybe buy in next year. I think that might be the move. But Dave, who's your next player
2: for us? Well, before I lay out this take, let me just ask both of you a quick question. Do you think Russell Wilson is going to be better or worse than he was last year? Better better yeah all right last year he finishes the QB 17 and this year he's getting drafted as the QB 18 so drafters have spoken and they expect Russell Wilson to regress despite adding Marvin Mims despite Tim Patrick coming back despite Cortland Sutton be another year removed for the ACL despite Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers getting 140 million dollars in free agency despite Sean Payton coming there to revamp the team everybody's just out on Russell Wilson this year and I find myself drafting a ton of him even in single quarterback leagues I will draft Russell Wilson at the very end of the draft just in case because what we saw from Russell Wilson throughout his entire career was eight straight seasons with a top 10 quarterback finish. In four of those eight seasons, 50% of the last eight years, he was a top three fantasy quarterback. And I don't think that Russell Wilson just forgot how to play football. I think that last year, there were a lot of factors that went into there. I won't even get into like the psychological stuff about him, you know, losing his life coach and training partner and all that. But how about just yeah. the fact that he was playing for the first time in in his NFL career with a new coach on a new team and a new city and a new scheme? I think it's understandable that there were some growing pains there. And then the one thing that gives me hope is that at the end of the season, after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, granted very very small sample size here but over those final four weeks he was a top three fantasy quarterback so now we saw little signs of life at the end of the season we see a better coaching staff a better offensive line they also brought in samaj P. ryan so he doesn't have to do as much with his legs anymore arguably the deepest group of pass catchers in the league we are right now drafting russell wilson bel- below his floor, and he still has a chance to rewind the clock and give us one of those vintage Russ Wilson seasons. I find myself drafting a ton of Russ and the whole Broncos offense.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love it. First and foremost, like I want to it. say let's ride Broncos country. Um, <laughs> wow. I was a big fan of his Subway sandwich, the Danger, which last year I ate it twice. I went to the store at my local college campus, Subway, and I, they told me I was the only person who ever ordered the sandwich like two weeks after it was out. <laughs> wow. Um, so I Listen, it was good. I will say nice. it was good. Nice. I would order it again right now. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with the opinion there. I think that the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, cast of weapons there is pretty underrated. I really like some of the pass catchers at their current ADP. Uh, Greg Dolcich, I'm a big fan of a late round tight end this season. I think Marvin Mims as well is a deeper guy who should, people should have on their radar, especially in dynasty fantasy football. Overall, I'm a big fan of this Denver Broncos offense taking a step forward from last year. And to your point, Dave, I think Russell Wilson is being drafted at his absolute floor pretty much from last season. Everything that could have gone wrong basically went wrong for them last year, and he still shook out to be perfectly okay in fantasy football. His ADP reflects that people don't really expect him to do much more than last season, and, um, you know, I expect a step forward. So, Hutch, what are your thoughts there?
1: I mean, I honestly, like, I want to add, but, like, I think, Luke, you laid it out perfectly. Honestly, like, you both, like, laid it out perfectly. I have nothing else to add, honestly. I would thank just you, be reading you. what you said.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. So, Hutch, who is your next player for us?
1: So my next player, I have a few players I want to debate with here. There's a couple of players I've been debating. Like I have a bunch on my list here that I've written down. I just, I want to pick well, the guess right what? one. You
0: get one, buddy. I, know,
1: I only get one. I know. I know. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, this is a player who's been really, really consistently produced in the past couple of years, even with a lot of craziness in his offense. And I'm just, and now he's on a new team. And I think that this is going to be a really, really good situation. I'm talking about David Montgomery. Of the Detroit Lions, I mean, I really like this offense. I mean, I really like the way this offense. Wait, looked. wait, wait, I, wait,
0: Are you saying that you're in on David Montgomery?
1: I like David Montgomery. I love. Aren't Jamir you
0: Gibbs. the? Aren't you Mr. Jameer Gibbs?
1: I am. Look, I am Mr. Jameer Gibbs of Twitter. Like wait, I uh, love Jameer Gibbs. You? He you you say,
2: Swift, Swift and Jamal Williams both smashed last year. Uh, my my early season rankings, yeah. I had Monty and Gibbs both in my top twenty.
0: Woo! Yeah, I like it. I mean, like okay, Dave, thing, Dave's drinking the Kool Aid. Keep going. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dave drinking the Kool Aid. I mean, like look. I'm like Jameer Gibbs, is my RB3 in Dynasty. I am I'm a top 10 running back uh, for Jameer Gibbs this season, guy. Like, I'm all in on Jameer Gibbs, he is my guy for this year. But I also like David Montgomery later. It's really, really a good value. I mean, he's going as the RB30 off the board in most leagues. And the thing is, when you look at this offense, I think with the lack of receiving core, with Jared Goff a quarterback, Dan Campbell a head coach, and the fact that Jameer Gibbs is not able to be a red zone kind of back. I mean, I love Jameer Gibbs, but he's just not that guy. Dave Montgomery set for a ton of work. I mean, we saw Jamal Williams score 17 touchdowns last year, like lead the league in rushing yards. I mean, lead the league in rushing touchdowns. Sorry, and like this dude was absolutely insane. I'm not saying Dave Montgomery's gonna get a 17, but if Dave Montgomery can in the eight to 10 touchdown range, which is very realistic, he's a very solid running back, very sturdy. He could absolutely he's gonna smash his ADP to RB 30. He's gonna smash that ADP. So I the Jameer Gibbs hype is crazy, and I love it. I'm all in for it. But Dave Montgomery is also being massively slept on as well. Dave Montgomery, is, and just to consider, like the past couple of years, he's been behind the Bears' offensive line with horrible quarterback play, with awful wide receiver. Easy
0: on the Bears. We have Mr. Bears fan over here.
1: I know. I'm sorry, Dave. i I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a
2: realistic. fan. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: he's a realistic man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like he's on a good. He's on a team with a solid veteran quarterback. So a solid wide receiver, in a moment on the same. I mean, not solid. He's an elite wide receiver. And then an elite, never call him line. solid
0: again, Hutch. Okay, if you ever, yeah, no, him, no, he's not like solid, that. he's an
1: elite wide receiver, and then an elite offensive line to run behind. And that's really young, and only getting better. Dave Montgomery set up for a lot
2: of success in Detroit. I'm
1: very, very excited for him.
0: The more you talk, the more I liked it, Hutch. I won't lie, I Hutch,
2: won't I'm lie. pretty aligned yeah. with you on my rankings. I got Jameer Gibbs as my RB9 this year, and I've got yeah. uh, Monty as my RB21. Love um, it. I mean, that's we, great. Yeah, and then and then I got a uh, Amador St. Brown up there too as my wide receiver six. So I just think yeah. that's it's going to be hyper funneled through those three guys. I'm not. There's nobody
1: else. That. They just signed Desmond De, They just signed yeah. Denzel Mims,
0: guys. <laughs> Remember, they Trae just did that.
2: Denzel Mims. Excuse you. Trae, oh, it's also, it's raining, are, rain, right. are you
0: are you high on Jared Goff?
2: Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm drafting a lot of the Lions this year. Um, and you know it's kind of. Yeah, I, I'm just buying into it a lot. They've still got a terrible defense. They play they in a dome year round. Especially so CJ Gardner Johnson significantly. Yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be track meets all season. Um, so yeah, I, I like Jameer Gibbs more. Uh, the one thing that could worry me a little bit with David Montgomery is they do have a new running backs coach there. Uh, last year, Deuce Staley, for whatever reason, yeah. just seemed to hate DeAndre Swift. Dude, he hated him. <laughs> nothing. He's not I mean, like he at all. Good. No. When you look at touches inside the ten yard line last year. DeAndre Swift's got almost nothing. Jamal Williams had 16 more than the next closest. Like when you look at the list of inside the 10 touch leaders, Jamal Williams and then a huge gap and then Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, all the guys you'd expect. I think last year was a little bit of an outlier for Jamal Williams. I don't know if we're going to see the uh, oh, yeah. David Montgomery step into a role where he's getting 45 carries inside the 10. But uh, Dan Campbell does like to run the ball, and uh, it's going to be a good offense with a bad defense. So I'm I'm in on both of them.
0: All right, guys. Do you want to hear my last player? That's no. a, bit, a bit sacrilegious for me. No, not at all. The guy who I have been vocally, you know, advocating against, you might say, for a while now, but. If he is the starting quarterback, Brock Purdy at quarterback 24 is really cheap, in my opinion, for a guy who would be a weekly top 15 option at the quarterback position in fantasy football, especially an underdog right now, that quarterback 24 price tag. I really like him. The only reason why I think he's there right now is because of the uncertainty around him starting for sure, his health, uh, all those moving pieces. But I think right now, that current price, he's a steal. Um, You know, I'm a big Trey Lance advocate, obviously. Um, I think he deserves to start somewhere this season, if not in San Francisco, somewhere else. Um, I don't know if that will happen, but I think he deserves to. But Brock Purdy, if my phone just dropped, if Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback this season, QB 24 is a really good price tag for him.
1: I like it. I mean, 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 the only thing you got to think about with Brock Purdy is he's going to like, because he can't play at the same football level he did last year and be that kind of player you expect to be, which is top, you said weekly top 15. It's just really hard for him to do that because he doesn't have the passing volume. This is a run first team with Christian McCaffrey and they have an insanely good defense is an insanely good team. They're going to be ahead running out the football. So unless Dave Monk, I mean, I mean, unless, um, unless Brock Purdy throws insane touchdown, rate, Like an unhumanly touchdown, rate, He's not going to be able to produce those numbers. He's going to have to have like, He's gonna have to have like a twenty percent touchdown rate to be able to do that. It's just not really possible. So the only reason I, the only reason I see Brock Purdy's getting really up there in top fifteen, either they increase the passing volume, he, or like he truly just breaks out, and as a result they have to increase the passing volume for him, or he just throws the touchdown rate that is just not realistic. So I'm at QB twenty four. I think it's fine. I think that's a solid risk to take. But I, I, there are a couple guys later. Like I actually like. I am actually a decent fan of Desmond Ritter this year. I think with that offense around him, you. that core that core he has around him, and the fact that he can run, you know, if you look at every uh, his entire college career, if you look at the seventeen game pace of rushing yards per game in his college career, he's on pace for a seven hundred fifty rushing yards on a season of seventeen games. Like that was his college career; he was an insanely good rusher.
0: But what about no. how often the Falcons are going to run the ball?
2: I mean. Might run it with he Ritter. You the same argument I, Brock with, Purdy. I mean, I hope so. But- he used to run a ton when he yeah, was but younger you can, and played under can make the Smith. same
1: argument for Brock Purdy, but the thing is, Desmond Ritter can run as well. Brock Purdy can't. It's true. It's true. Like, I, I prefer true. Desmond Ritter in drafts, personally, but I, I do I do see the argument for, for Purdy. That offense around him is just so elite. It's Dave, insane. what do you
0: think about Purdy? Uh,
2: I, I like him a lot more than Hutch does. Um, I think that if we got a... Um, you know, a note that he was at 100% and he was healthy and he was going to be starting week one. I think he'd be getting drafted in like the Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones range as like a high-end QB do. Because, I mean, he was just like a 20-point machine. I and agree. Uh, Hutch, I know some of the things you're saying about like the insane touchdown rate and expecting a regression, but we expected that same regression from Jimmy Garoppolo for years, and it never came. When you're throwing a guy yeah. like Debo Samuel and Chris McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk uh-huh. and George Kittle, yeah. what they do after the catch really can pad the numbers. So Brock Purdy is in one of those situations playing in a Shanahan offense where he doesn't need to be great. He just needs to get the ball into his great playmaker's hands. So I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy. What really surprised me – as a rookie is how well he was able to make plays off screen. It really was ball, yeah. Would break down. He was able to scramble. He was able to make something out of nothing. So uh, I'm I consider me a Brock Purdy fan.
1: Yeah, I think, I think finishing top 20 is totally realistic. The only thing is, I think it's gonna be inconsistent because if they're super head, they're going to run the clock out and they're not enough volume going to be there, but there's going to be plenty of games where the matchups good. And he's gonna be able to throw a couple touchdowns and be good. So I'm not saying he can't finish top 20, but I think, like a weekly starter or something that you might be a little, I would be a little bit worried about. I think. I mean, listen, last year when he about. was
0: starting, he was weekly starter material, not just weekly starter material. I mean, he was putting up top, five top, top ten finishes, uh, very consistently. So I think if he's healthy and ready to go, like Dave said, I mean, I think he would be going in that QB fifteen-ish range in drafts. So I'm very interested to see what Purdy can do there. Dave, do you have one more player for us to bring us home?
2: I do. Right now, Alexander Madison is getting drafted as RB19, and that is absolute insanity. People have lost their minds drafting yes. Alexander Madison that high. I can't get behind yes. it at all. Um yes. my, pin tweet right now, my, my pin tweet right now is a article that I just wrote a few days ago titled Alexander Madison is the dead zone running back to avoid. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Like you look at the splits, and first of all, let me paint like the good. Bullish picture for Alexander Madison. And the per start numbers and the six starts that he has had in his career, he has averaged 20.4 PPR points per game, which is great. That's Chris McCaffrey, Excellent. Austin Eckler's numbers. But those starts all came two plus years ago. They came under a different coach and they came against the league's worst pass rushes. Um, so I, I looked at all six starts, and four of those starts came against Detroit or Seattle, who were all ranked terribly as run defenses that year and in those four games he averaged 26.1 fantasy points per game he had 103 rushing yards and 46 receiving yards per game now he's had two tough matchups and not even like tough tough matchups both were in 2020 and 2021 against the sixth ranked run defenses and in those games he averaged 33 rushing yards per game so we saw him beat up on the awful Detroit Lions defense and the awful Seattle Seahawks defense four times. And because of that, people have this idea that he's just a really good running back. I'm not sold. Um, I also looked at his efficiency over the last few years, Uh, yards per attempt, yards per target, yards per touch, yards after contact per attempt, uh, rushing yards over expectation, breakaway run rate, broken tackle rate per touch, yards per route run as a receiver. He has seen a dip in efficiency in every, or a, a dip in productivity in every single efficiency metric out there. And the one last thing I'll say, is that we saw these huge games from Madison come under a completely different regime. This was the Mike Zimmer offense. Well, Mike Zimmer liked Alexander Madison a lot more than Kevin O'Connell did because even in the games where Dalvin Cook was healthy, he was still seeing six touches per game. Last year, we saw Alexander Madison get no run under Kevin O'Connell. So I think people have just been holding on to Alexander Madison for the last two or three years as a dynasty stash. They think their time is finally here because Dalvin Cook is out of the picture. Alexander Madison is a huge trap. I think uh, Ty Chandler is good. I think Dwayne McBride is good. I really like Kenny Nuwangu as well as a a like the the back. sleeper. And they still have $19 million dollars available in salary cap. Right now, if you look at what they have allocated to the running back position, there are only three teams that have fewer or, or less money assigned to their running backs. And it's the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Patriots. And what do all those teams have in common? They have really good running backs on rookie contracts. So I think they're still going to add another back to this field. uh, it, or another running back to this backfield. And even if they don't, I think that uh, Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, and Kenny Nwangu are all going to be much more involved than people want them to be.
0: Yeah, like Hutch just mentioned, I I, yeah. I love to take Dave first and foremost. I think he's absolutely the dead zone running back to avoid, as you mentioned that's the, the mm-hmm. title of the article, of course. But Dwayne McBride, a uh, name that Hutch threw out there, I'm, I'm intrigued uh, uh, for it in Dynasty leagues. I think he's a guy who is an interesting prospect, had some fumbling issues in college, and ultimately his stock kind of plummeted. But I think that he's a guy who could be in a sneaky position to rise over the course of training camp. So keep a lookout for him. Uh, Hutch, any closing yeah. comments here before we wrap?
1: Uh, no, Dave. I love the take, Dave. Alexander Masson is the biggest trap in fantasy this year. I mean, honestly, in dynasty, I think it's. I. I mean, I've thought it might be way too low. When I look up at the other guys above him, I'm like, I'd rather have those guys. I have I have Alexander uh, Alexander Masson in dynasty ranks as my RB 32. That's where I have him ranked. I, I compared to most dynasty rankings, it's very low. And when I but when high. I look at the list, what?
2: I think that's too high, even.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, I look. I look at names. I look at names above him, and I'm like. Our names below, and I'm like,
2: Am I sure about that one?
1: <laughs> like, it's just like I want to move him lower, but I also feel like I'm still too low because people have him in like their top 20, top 24 for Dynasty because he is a bit younger. Having but, Alexander like, Madison whoa. your
0: top 20 running backs for Dynasty should require you to be drug tested. I will, will go <laughs> on record. Exactly, a- it's a-
1: right insane, man. Joke. it's It's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's just he's the biggest trap. He is. 100% the biggest trap. I,
2: I love it, Dave. Fade Alexander Madison in the fourth round and draft Ty Chandler in the 18th. That's that's my advice. If anybody hey, wants to like, take away from the show,
0: tired drafting Alexander Madison, wired drafting literally anybody else. That's, that's, and then that's Galaxy
2: Brain, Kenny Nuanga. Exactly.
0: Gal- yeah, yeah, Galaxy Brain, Galaxy Brain. All right, well, that's going to wrap up today's <laughs> show, Dave. Thank you so much again for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. As you mentioned, this show has felt way overdue. Uh, congratulations on all the success over there at the Football Guys. Uh, definitely follow I Dave know. on Twitter, guys, at Dave Kluge. And uh, thanks again, man. I appreciate your time.
2: Follow me on X, actually.
0: Oh, yeah, on X, not, not X. Twitter. Twitter is dead, apparently, because Elon Musk is allergic to making good decisions.
2: Zollow yeah. me and see all my zits on X. X. Yeah,
0: Re- Z- re-zit me. Oh, uh, we can, no. can zit together. It'll be awesome. So, no, All right, guys. No. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you again next Monday. Much love, everybody, and good night. Goodbye.